In today's episode, I'll be focusing on learning opportunities within the virtual classroom. Envision this, you're five years old. It's March of 2020 and you're in your last few months of pre-K before entering kindergarten in the fall. You and your twin brother are in separate classes this year to gain autonomy and will be in separate classes once you enter kindergarten as well at your new school. But then a pandemic hits, the COVID-19 pandemic, and the world gets turned upside down. You're sent home and preschool is over. And in the fall, kindergarten is virtual. You and your brother are now in the same class as having two different children in different classes with different schedules while learning from home is extremely unrealistic. This is what happened with the family I am currently working with. I'm currently working with two twin boys who are five years old. They have enrolled in virtual kindergarten and started in August. There's talk of transitioning into a hybrid classroom in the next few weeks, but nothing is set in stone. I got extremely lucky with this family. Not only are they so kind, but the boys are excited to learn and very polite. Both of the parents work full time and are working from home. They've been doing so since March, and there really is no timeline as to when they'll get back into the office full time. The mom has been traveling back and forth to the office every once in a while, but it's not consistent yet. Virtual kindergarten is extremely hands-on and requires an adult to assist them. It's unrealistic to expect a five-year-old to read their schedule, log into Zooms on time, and do all their homework by themselves. At five years old, they're just learning to read and learning sight words. So reading full instructions is not a possibility. From my experience with these two children, assistance is necessary, yet assistance from parents is not always available. Therefore, virtual learning does not accommodate each and every student. If both parents are working from home, there's no way they could be with their children the entire time while also giving their, their full efforts to their job. They'll just be th- spread too thin. For the children I'm working with, they're very fortunate that their parents have the means to not only hire me to help with the self-learning and the homework assignments, but they've also hired a retired kindergarten teacher to supplement the virtual lesson plans and ensure they're not falling behind. This supplemental teacher within their lives is huge. The schedule they're currently on within their Zoom kindergarten has these large gaps. There can be up to 40 minutes of self-learning time. In the middle of the day, self-learning time, what are you supposed to do from 10 to 10.40, waiting for your your teacher to come back on your Zoom lessons? And if you're a five-year-old unsupervised at that time, no way you're going to get any type of learning done. What five-year-old voluntarily studies and reads and really does anything related to school when they have the opportunity to run around and play games? But many people do not have the means to do this. With both parents working to make ends meet, it's difficult for the parent to not only give their all at their job, but also make sure their virtual learning experience for the child is successful. Many times their jobs are not flexible about working from home or flexible in the hours that they can work. So supervising the child's class is not even an option. For older children who can read, follow instructions, and navigate their virtual classroom on their own, it's possible for parents to trust that their child will do the necessary schoolwork and do their everything that's required of them, really. But for younger children, they need that constant assistance and supervision. Especially for kindergarten, your first year at a school being virtual, you don't know what's expected of you, and you have to learn those expectations. 
And that's why it's necessary to have someone who's helping you learn those expectations. The virtual learning environment creates a Sophie's Choice kind of decision for those families of lower socioeconomic statuses. They cannot afford to hire tutors or teachers. Does the parent continue to work and hope their child succeeds? Or does their parent quit their job or take a leave of absence to ensure that their child is doing their best throughout the school day and have that hands-on approach? In what this in this situation, what would you do? It's really hard to decide. And obviously you want to do everything that's that benefits your child, but at the same time, without the income from your job, there's something that's lacking there, and you may not be able to support your family. While a child is in the virtual learning environment, the school in which they're enrolled must supply the necessary materials to carry out the lessons. Yet I've noticed more is required than just what is supplied. Not only would parents have to have that hands-on aspect within school, a lot of the times they'll also have to supplement the supplies that have been given by the school. This lack of necessary supplies also adds another financial burden on the families. For example, the school gave each student a whiteboard in which is used heavily in both classes and self-guided learning. In many lessons, their teacher asked them to write the answer to the question being asked on the whiteboard and show it to her over the camera when it's ready. So it's great that the school supplied the whiteboard, but what do you need to go along with the whiteboard? Okay, you can get away without erasers, just use paper towels, but you need a marker. The school didn't supply a marker to go along with the whiteboard. What do you expect these children to use with the whiteboard when you're expecting them to use a whiteboard every single day? And this may not seem like a huge deal, but families can't afford to buy these extra items. Many of the lower fam- the families from lower socioeconomic backgrounds do not have flexibility within their budget to go out and just buy the whiteboard markers and whiteboard markers do not come cheap and whiteboard markers are not the only thing that families have to supplement the school also supplies each student an ipad with a charger the student is required to use the ipad for zoom canvas epic or any of the school programs that play into their lessons but what might an ipad need to go with all these programs. Wi-Fi. Many families in the U.S. cannot afford Wi-Fi, and if they can afford it, it's probably not up to speed for streaming all the videos that they have to watch, logging into these Zoom classes, and being prepared for the lesson plans. Especially if you have more than one child, your Wi-Fi, if you don't have the best Wi-Fi out there, your child's not going to be able to watch their Zoom classes without it buffering if you have one, two, maybe three children there. And if the parent's also working, you need the best Wi-Fi. And Wi-Fi costs money. And I've heard of some schools, businesses, and companies providing an internet stipend or reduced price for reliable internet connection. But again, that's just another added cost. Typically, when the child goes into school, they have that Wi-Fi and they don't have to worry about it when they come home. But if everything's from home, a Wi-Fi is connection is a must. So with this, Wi-Fi adds up, and then you add the other supplies, such as whiteboard markers. Everything seems to be adding up. Now let's factor in the fact that most students from lower socioeconomic backgrounds rely on school meals. Yet now while they're home, the meals aren't supplied each day. This can be another huge cost on the parents, adding more financial stress to their daily lives.
with the kids I work with, yes, the families can afford to supply lunch meat and have lunch available in their house. But as I was talking to the mother one day, she told me that in kindergarten or in kindergarten, they would get lunch at school, but also in preschool, they'd have lunch at school every day. So she hadn't had to pack lunches every day. And so it's also a time burden. If you're working from home and you have meetings all day and your child's doing virtual learning, you also have to make sure you're making them lunch. So it's a financial burden, but for those who can afford it, it's also a time burden. And the school can't come to your house every day and supply lunch. Yes, they can come into your house and teach classes through iPads and Zoom, but how would a school feed those meals to all the students from the lower socioeconomic backgrounds? Another important aspect I've learned is the virtual learning environment. And this is the physical environment in which the students set up their classroom within their home or in the location in which they're taking their classes. Because again, not every student is fortunate enough to take it from the classes at their home. This could be detrimental to their learning experience. The environment should be organized with the required materials quiet so the student's able to listen and pay attention to the class, and there should be minimal distractions. The two students I'm working with are set up in the family dining room. The parents have set up a flat screen TV on the other side of the table. We plug the iPad into the TV, and we do this to enlarge the virtual classroom, and it really does make it seem like the teacher is physically in the room because she is now a bigger part and centralized within the room. And this was such a great idea by the parents. As five-year-olds, staring at a small iPad screen for hours on end is not the most ideal situation. But obviously, virtual learning also is not the most ideal situation. But by having this bigger screen, it allows the kids to become more concentrated on that one central figure. Versus on an 11-inch iPad screen, I'm sure their eyes would be darting all over the place. And with that TV screen, it's, it's set against the wall. So anything behind it is just the wall. There's nothing else to look at while looking at that TV. So all focus is on that teacher. We work on the half of the table that's further away from the TV. While we work, we make sure to only have the materials needed at that moment. And we clean up between each assignment or lesson. We want our classroom to stay tidy. The other half of the table, closer to the TV, is covered with books, crayons, markers, and other necessary classroom materials. There are more than enough of every material because the parents were able to supplement the materials that were originally supplied by the, by the school. But the amount of paper we go through, whether we're printing handouts or finishing class assignments that involve drawing, is astronomical. The school only supplied two pieces of construction paper per student. So, in my situation, four pieces because I'm working with twins. And really, we go through more than that in a day. So many of their assignments, we have to print out and have a worksheet in front of us. Or we have to draw a representation of their family or something we learned in a book. Recently, we've been working on interviews. So, we print out the interview sheet and we draw a picture of however the other twin answers the question. And again... A lot of this is the environment which we work, as well as the physical materials, things that we really cannot take for granted. And by printing things out, and that's another added cost, paper, ink, 
a printer. Not many people even have access to a printer. So we really cannot take any of this for granted. And again, due to school no longer being in a physical environment out, outside the house, this does not accommodate each student's need. The students I work with are very fortunate to have this incredible setup because many people from lower income families are not quite as lucky. Many families do not have a extra TV in their house that they can just plug their iPad into, let alone a full room where they can have their own space to engage in the virtual classes. Many families, even if it's a larger family, are in smaller houses, so all the kids learning are probably within a same room or very close proximity to each other. So while learning one subject, you may hear your brother or sister learning another thing. So it's so many distractions going on. And then add in the factor of if the parent is working from home as well. There's so much going on in that one space. And so it really depends on socioeconomic background of how these children are going to perform within the virtual classroom, because there's so many factors that go into it, whether it's environment or materials. And those are just two of the factors that I, I wanted to talk about today. I'll touch on so many more factors in the upcoming episodes and different aspects of the learning and curriculum within the virtual virtual environment. But really, this online virtual experience does not accommodate each student. And rarely will we find a way for school to accommodate every single student, depending on race, socioeconomic background, where they live. Really, there are so many factors. And I, I'm unsure if a school is able to provide and accommodate for all of them, even in a physical setting.